0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Broad Tree Podcast. My name is Paul Frenzel. I'm alongside Christian Cassenti. It'll just be the two of us tonight. And today, we will be talking about the Philadelphia Phillies and their recent series against Gabe Kaplers, San Francisco Giants. And Christian, I'm just going to say one thing before I let you get started. Bryce Harper is my father. Now, that's all I have to say. I'll let you get started with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... He might be like nine for his last 10 or 11 for his last 12 or something. That's what it feels like. He's been absolutely cracked. But fortunately, we cannot say that about most of the Phillies besides Segura, who is hurt right now. But, I mean, we should just get into it because they did play tonight um, or yesterday, whenever you're hearing this. Played against the Giants. And, Paul, do you know that feeling of when the Phillies lose, but it feels like a loss I mean you mean you mean win, but it feels like a loss, yeah, sure, <laughs>
0: yeah, dude if that's every game, what do you mean?
1: yeah, it's unfortunate that we cannot win the series against the Giants, but before we get into the whole series, we should talk about today's game, um, bamboo Brad stepped up today, he played second again, and as you mentioned, Paul, when you texted me, he's like quietly batting three fifty right now, which is absolutely insane that he's doing that. Um, he just spread the ball over all over the field today. Um, but where should we even start? We have Moniak getting a bomb. guess we should get all the positives out of the way. Moniak has looked good his last few plate appearances. He got his first hit of the season a couple nights ago. And Bryce, like we said, he won, I believe, three for four today with the home run. I think his he's only good
0: five- or six-game hitting streak
1: at the moment. No, yeah, definitely. He's definitely on a hitting streak. He's just continuing to hit the ball up the middle. Uh, The power hasn't been there, but his exit VLO off the bat was there, so we knew that home run was coming, and it came, and it looked great. Uh, And then we could talk about Segura. Like I said, Segura's been on a hot streak. But besides that, we have to get down to it. And the fact is the Phillies suck right now. Won today, but they kind of suck. They kind of stink. They lose two or three to Gabe Kapler's Giants, and it's such a Phillies thing to have Gabe Kapler come back and just look like the better manager and look like his team is the better team when we know both of those to not be true. Maybe he is a better manager. But we'll get into that. Joe Girardi has been questionable, but I mean, it's 2021 and Mickey Moniak is hitting home runs for the Phillies while Darren Ruff is hitting home runs against us. Hey. That is actually kind of insane. Um, I did not think I would ever say that sentence with the way the world has been going, but it feels like everything is now at an equal equal playing field with that going on. And um.
0: Before you continue, I'm not even going to lie. Before Zach told us that Darren Ruff hit a home run earlier, in the year, I had no idea that this man was even still in the league, and now he's here, hitting home runs against our ball club, his former ball club.
1: Yeah, actually, insane. Um, it felt like every time Joe went to the pen and Kepler brought up a pinch hitter or a platoon bat, it just did not go the Phillies' way. It Gabe Kepler outmanaged us. He really did. And his team outplayed us. It's not the Giants we lost to. It's Gabe Kapler. So let's just remember that. Gabe Kapler. We lost to Gabe Kapler. So again, continuing to talk about today's game. Kingery, he's back. Why? Who knows? i can tell you why. Um, Segura hurt. Didi hurt. It's unfortunate that it's Kingery we have to turn to in times of need. But here we are. Why he got played appearances today when he didn't need to, I couldn't tell you. Again, Joe Girardi has been so bad. Um, first at bat, I was like, you know, I know he went to the alternate site and he went one for 26 with like 16 Ks. I was like, who knows? You know, maybe again, technically, this is another change of scenery for him. He went to alternate alternate site. He struggled. Maybe we'll come up here and it'll be okay. No, he just swings through a um one two fastball right down the middle as if he's trying to hit it to the moon. Um not surprised there. And then his second at bat, he made contact and it was decent contact. You know, it was just a little short pop-up to the center fielder, but for him that's pretty good. Angry so still sucks. Nothing <laughs> nothing nothing new.
0: I think they um brought Scott up a little too early. I know it's because of the injuries we've had, but I still think they brought him up too early you had to have other options down there i don't know i know teres is on the covid list so he probably would have been that but he's on the covid list
1: yeah we have a few players on the covid list like you mentioned i know Teresa is one Alvarado alvarado is another can't think that might be it but either way it's i mean jose alvarado is been a solid part of this pen he's been one of the few bright spots of this pen um pen has been good but it's starting to show its warts you have jojo romero who's just not been good i'm just gonna say it he got the call up when jose alvarado went to the covid list situation and he's just not been good gives up another run though it's not earned i believe today he just did not look amazing um he looked okay today but then the night before, and just in general, every time he's been used so far, he's given up hits. He's given up runs. Not great, um, which sucks to see because he was really good during that shortened season. So maybe he can figure it out. Maybe this just is who he is. I don't know. I really Red don't. Romero.
0: Romero. I yeah. mean, his Red Bull cans. Remember that last year? Before every – when he came out, he st- – Chugged the Red Bull, smashed it.
1: It was iconic. Um, but you can do all that dramatic stuff, but <laughs> you have to be good. At the end of the day. Um. So again, going back to today's game, Bo Bohm continues to struggle. So I was thinking we have Brad Miller batting over three hundred. Nick Maton, he's who, really good. Nick Maton, excuse me. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Nick Maton was another guy calling up because of the COVID list, because of injuries, and he's been playing out of his mind. Um, first three games, he's already got a single, double, triple out of the way. He's got a multi hit game tonight. And again, he's batting over 300. And I mentioned this because Bohm, I believe, might be batting like 210, 220 at this point. The one thing I'll give Bohm, is that I still like his approach at the plate when there's runners on base. Like, he's very good in high-leverage situations when he's not striking out. He's very good at adjusting to pitches to put them in play because that's all you got to do when there's runners on base. And he's one of the few guys on this team where if there's a runner on third with one or two outs, I want him at the plate. But besides that, that's the only positive I can give him. His defense, we knew what it was, and it is what it is. It's pretty – dog poop um say the least it's pretty bad um he's he's tall and lanky so he can get those highline drives when they're hits to him but besides that I don't know why but I swear to god every time he throws the ball to Reese it looks like he's throwing a knuckleball or like a changeup over there I don't know what he's doing but he looks so awkward when he throws the ball to Reese I think we all know long term he's a first baseman but you know stick him at third for a season or two maybe he can figure it out probably not But his bat has not been there. He's been striking out at an extreme rate compared to last season. I mean, last season, he walked more than he struck out, and he barely struck out. And now he's striking out like two to three times a game. It's unacceptable right now. So I propose, I don't think Joe will do this, um, nor does he need to do this yet, but soon. If you had Nick Maton, Brad Miller, Segura, and Didi all – putting up offensive numbers. They're all batting over 300, literally. Breastbone. bone. Literally bench him for a week at this point. Um, Segura, probably Maton, and Miller can all play third. So there's no excuse for it. I know I would rather see Segura at second, but gotta win games. Every game is important this season. So I know I went on a tangent, but that kind of ties into today's game. Because, again, Bohm did not perform today. But It sucked, but it is what it is. Um, this team's defensive struggles continue to show. We had an error by McCutcheon, which was just a more of a mental error than a physical error. I mean, I know it was a physical error, but it looks like he just didn't squeeze the ball in that pop-up to left field that resulted in a run. That cannot happen. Thank God we won the game, because if we lose that, we can blame McCutcheon on this whole game, to be honest. Um, Reese, again, with another so-called error. It wasn't labeled an error, but he just has not looked good this season at all at first, which sucks, because I was one of the few to believe in Reese's defense. I know it got pretty better last season. It looked like he looked pretty good during the shortened season last season, but As of now, it's like shoddy. I mean, he's not making plays. He's not scooping balls. He just looks like a brick over there. So that's a little scary. Um, This defense will cost us games because this defense, as we saw today and earlier in the season, can cost you runs. Nothing you can do more than just play harder and play smarter. Um, Yeah. So the Phillies suck, if you couldn't tell, because there's going to be a lot more negatives and positives. Mm -hmm. there is some positives like we said Bryce Harper Segura who's hurt went on an extreme tear hopefully he'll come back good and then Moniak hitting that bomb um I believe is the first RBI from a starting center fielder from the Phillies since last season it was it yeah insane um overall those are my thoughts on today's game we'll go into the homestand a little bit more but Call any standouts that you want to mention from today's game in general, or just players in generals, or if you want to just say my my takes are garbage, or you agree with them, go for it. Personally, yeah, uh,
0: I actually I agree with a lot of your takes. I think substitute specifically substituting bomb that could be something that could be interesting. As you said, I don't think Joe will do it, but I think if you do that, it could teach him that. His position's not safe, and he can't be average or below average. Even I know he's younger, so, but he's still – if you wanted this team, is a team that needs to produce, and you need to – if you're not producing, you could be kicked out of the lineup at any time, which is what I think Joe could do with Boehm. Yeah, because I looked it up. He's batting 219 right now. I know he did crush the homer the other night, like absolutely crushed it. But that's really all you've seen from him this series. And another thing I wanted to bring up was Eflin looked great today. Our starting pitching has, in my opinion, I know some pitchers have been eh, like some starts, like the Wheeler start. Wheeler had, actually, Wheeler had a decent start last night, didn't he? Debatable.
1: We, I definitely want to talk about that later. We can talk about that now. but
0: But Nola on Sunday was beautiful. We all all have our opinions about Manny Moore, which I'm not going to... We'll discuss that later, because that will be bad. And in my opinion, Chase Anderson is not having a bad year to be our five. But we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about the starters later, but I just want to talk about how F1 looked good today and that our starting pitching is... not. I don't think it's that bad this year.
1: No, I think our starting pitching has been carrying us a few games. We have a few, like, I know we had that two to nothing loss against the Cardinals when Nola went bonkers and pushed out of his mind. But yeah, starting pitching and even some of these bullpen guys has been carrying us. This offense hasn't really woken up yet. Nope. And that's where we can go in and talk about this home stand in general. So we take um, we go 500 in the road stands. Our homestand, excuse me, we win two or three against the Cards, and we win one of three against the Giants. It's not good, especially coming off of that god-awful road trip where we lose five of six to the Braves and Mets, and we lose a doubleheader against the Mets. Can't happen. You have to come on to this homestand, and you got to win each series. You can't just win one series. You can't lose one series right there. It's a little disheartening, but overall, this homestand has shown that Joe Girardi has yet to prove himself as a good Phillies manager. He's made so many questionable decisions. I understand our bullpen depth has not been strong the last homestand because of the COVID restrictions um, of Alvarado, but he has left starters in the game way too long. I'm not talking about that in all the game. I don't care that he left Nolan. I'm talking about the Wheeler game, especially. Yeah. And then he let Wheeler go when he was so gassed a couple of nights ago. He was over 100 pitches already. He walked one batter with two outs, gave up a home run, walked another, gave up another home run. And for some reason, he was still in the game. That's unexcusable. I don't care if you have one reliever in that pen. You have to take out Zach. You understand as a manager, you have to plan for the future, uh, you know, a few games in advance, a week in advance, but you also have to win the game that's right in front of you. So Joe has done a bad job at managing bullpen. It seems like every bullpen decision has been bad. Every pulling or not pulling of the starter has been bad, as we've seen with Chase Anderson, where in that sense, he took Chase Chase Anderson out a little too early. He brought in the pinch hitter Brad, who did not do the job, Did not bring in the runs. However, at the same token, the bullpen came in and didn't give up any runs. It still was, in retrospect, a bad decision, very questionable. Um, I didn't think you needed to risk it all there to get in one run or two by pinch hitting for someone who was scoreless through four. That was whatever. Duterte already has been bad. Plain and simple, I think you can blame three or four. Honestly, you can blame three or four of these losses on a few of Joe's decision-making, especially with these double switches and pitch-hitting decisions and, and platoon decisions. Why is Kingery coming in this game? Why? He did terrible on the alternate side. Have yeah, Mickey Moniak just hit his three-run home run. That's your whole offense so far this game. I don't care if it's lefty-on-lefty. Lefty. You already know Kingery can't hit. It makes no sense to pinch hit there. Unless Kingery went to the alternate site and was batting over 300 or even 280. Okay, maybe. But no, he sucked at the alternate site. What makes you think he was going to be good here? So frustrating. But we won the game. So good job, Joe, I guess. Um, so yeah, this homestand was definitely the Bryce Harper and Gene Segura show. Gene Segura went on a game, hitting streak maybe before he was hurt. And then Bryce Harper has gotten a hit in every game, I believe. And most of them were multi-hit games with a couple doubles. And Then he had that home run tonight. Um, he's cracked and he's back. Uh, gotta love it. This is probably the best Bryce Harper has looked yes. since he's been here. And I'm so honest in saying that. He just looks like an automatic hit in the box. He looks so comfortable. I just believe in Bryce Harper the most I've ever believed in Bryce Harper right now. He's earning his salary. Um, moving on, runners in scoring position have been a little, excuse me, it's been a, a little shaky, uh, especially that uh, John Gantt game that we had against the Cardinals. It seemed like we had 20 guys on and we couldn't hit any of them. In. Um, you know, that will come with time. There will be bad stretches. But again, this goes back to it's time to bench some players, time to bench bomb for a little bit. It's time to bench Kutch for a little bit. We have guys like Matt Joyce, like I mentioned, Brad Miller and Nick Maton. They're doing their jobs right now. Uh, you got to win all these games. If Bowman and Kutch aren't hitting too well, I mean, you got to play Bowman eventually, but if Kutch isn't hitting too well, there's no point in him even being in left field. Um, I would love to see him figure it out. I think he can figure it out, will he? he kind of will tell. I've talked you- a lot about Baum. Oh, go ahead, Paul.
0: About Kutch. You saw last night – I believe it was last night where Matt Joyce played and left – was it last night? It was um, a weird – it was a weird lineup. Uh, that's all I, I remember. And we scored six runs. So, like, we scored with that weird lineup. I don't know how we did it. But, like you said, I think we should bench Kutch because he's not really producing. Uh, obviously – I it sucks to see him not produce because I really like Kutch as a glove player. He's good in the clubhouse, but he's not producing at the plate. He's not really being the what we need as a leadoff hitter. It's time to bring in Matt Joyce, or even if you want to, when Hazley comes back, I don't know anything about the Hazley situation. If you want to play Hazley or Roman Quinn for some reason, you could even throw Moniak out in left field to get him some playing time. But, yeah, I just want to say, like, I as much as I love Kutch, I think it's time to bench him.
1: Yeah. I have a, I have a good take for you later um, in this pod in regards to benching who and when. But, yeah, I mean, how – Brad Miller can play left. He's done it before. So I love Bamboo. You can start Brad Miller in left field, especially if there's a righty on the mound. And, I mean, he's going to bet over 300, no excuse not to. Um, personally, I want to know, Paul, scale one to 10, what's your level of concern, uh, Alec Baum? I'd put it right
0: in the middle out of five. Cause he,
1: yeah, he showed,
0: ahead. he showed he could produce last year. I know it was like a shortened season, but he showed he could produce, he showed he could produce in spring training. I don't know if it's just like mental what's going on. I don't know what's going on with him, but I think. Benching him for a few games would be the answer. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, so my thing on bomb is I love Alec Boehm. I'm going to start this by saying um, if there's any player on the Phillies I hate, it's Roman Cohen of discussion, but I love Alec Bohm. I would say as the season went, at first my level of concern was a three, then it got to a five, and now I'm, I'm going to take it to a seven here. And I, I say that because – one, I know you just hit that homer, but one, when his at-bats are not good, he's either pulling the ball or he's striking out. And that's not the Alec Bowman we saw last year. The Alec Bowman we saw last year, when he's doing good, he's walking, and he's hitting the balls to all fields. Um, He has not shown that yet. He's shown that here and there. And like I said, he's still doing very good in um, high leverage situations sometimes. Um. Which is nice to see because we don't have many uh, Phillies players that are good when it comes to getting runners in with one or two outs. Um, but I don't know. I think but, he needs a little bit of time off. I think he's pressing a little bit. And, I mean, his defense isn't good. So, if he's not going to hit or give you good defense, maybe just sit him for a couple games. But I got a question for you regarding Boehm. I love questions.
0: Is this a similar situation to what we saw with Scott Kingery?
1: Um, because
0: I, if I remember, Kingery was hot his first year, or was it? Was am I right with that?
1: I believe he was. Um, I mean, he was hot during spring training. He wasn't necessarily hot. Uh, he looked deep. He looked good. I mean, for a rookie, I think he batted like two thirty, and
0: okay, I mean, he so wasn't. Uh, disregard the question then.
1: Well, what I'll say is, I like
0: and Kingry, like two different pros, two different people.
1: Yeah, one's, um, can play defense, but one can't hit. So, and both of those fall under Scott Kingery. Um, so Didi, let's talk about Didi real quick. Overall in this homestand, Didi has looked. Right, actually amazing offensively as he's done this whole year. Again, I believe he's batting over 300, if not, little under. But defensively, he's looked kind of terrible. His range isn't as good. He's bobbling balls. His throws haven't been great. And it looks like he might have, like, the yips out there. It looks like it might be a mental thing with Didi. I don't know. I'm a little concerned defensively. We have him for this year and the next. Of course, that doesn't mean he'll be here. Um, with trades or however they want to play it. Plus, you H. got
0: Stott coming up. And if Mayton Mayton, sorry, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. If he's producing, do you really want to bench him? I mean, obviously, it's Didi. What I'm saying is if you have Stott and Mayton in my opinion, and they produce, there's really no reason to have Didi. Well, I
1: think, yeah, for next year – yeah, I could see that argument. Next year, but yeah. For, for now, you got to play Didi. I mean, he's yeah, hot right he now. Them. And he can mention oh. them. Yeah, but um, I can't remember exactly what his injury is, but last time I heard from Joe at a um, press conference after a game, he said that he's being evaluated day-to-day, which means he's not even on the injured list. So he can play um, – come, uh, I believe Friday is their next game. So he can be ready – in a couple days, maybe three. Like see that. Yeah, I, I expect them ready for the Colorado um, road trip. Um, but, yeah, like I said, overall, team has been bad defensively. Like, Didi is a prime example of that. Now with this homestead, we can talk about Matt Moore. Yikes. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Matt Moore? What's your opinion, Paul?
0: Um, Yikes. He, he's been nothing what we thought he would come in. I actually sent a tweet to you. I don't know if you remember regarding Matt Moore. I'm going to try to find it. It was um, – here here it is. It's from a guy I on Twitter. His name is David Esser, if anyone wants to follow. It says, I understood the initial attraction to Matt Moore during free agency. He's a low-cost starter with previous MLB success coming off an excellent season in Japan it was always a massive gamble to take, and it's a gamble that is appearing to backfire for this Phillies organization. Which I said that to you because I completely agree with the whole tweet, except he's not really low cost. But at the same time, I don't, we won't get into that because I know you get a little heated regarding that situation. But yeah, it's a whole situation that's beginning to backfire for this team. But the only problem is you don't have anyone to replace him. Vince Velasquez is pitching in Coors Field on Friday night. I'm highly expecting the Rockies to put up 15 runs on us because the Rockies always seem to do that to us. Plus, they got Ramel Tapia. I just feel like he's going to hit it inside the Parker. That's just that's just me. But Vince Velasquez is starting. That shows how bad this team is in starter death. Dave Dombrowski needs to go out, pick up a guy, another guy. I like Chase Anderson. We're just not scoring for him. You need to get another starter to replace Matt Moore because it's not working. I see him as like a bullpen guy for like two to three innings, but that's all.
1: Yeah. Um. I think what Matt Moore is when his changeup is on, it's pretty good. Maybe we'll talk about the positives real quick. When his changeup is on; it's pretty good. Um. He's a lefty. That's pretty good. That's it. So Matt Moore got shelled his last start. He was kind of cruising a little bit with a little bit of um, taxing innings, allowing a few runners on the first couple innings. Then I don't know what happened, but there was only two outs. Maybe it was in the third or fourth, and he just gave up hit after hit and then multiple home runs. And then Joe had to take him out of the game in the middle of an bat against the opposing pitcher as he was throwing the ball over the guy's head. Um, hot take. I say you give Matt Moore one more start. Honestly, I think is, you do. He
0: is on the IL. Yeah. that's. I he mean, I don't me. know if he was hurt. I don't know if he, you, you know, quote, unquote, hurt. But I just wanted to let you know he's on the IL.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. Um No, is that a real thing or whatever is it just roster gymnastics i don't know but i don't know um i would like to see matt Moore honestly get one more shot um and that's really just because we don't have much to replace him except for one guy who pitched today and was so electric and we can talk about spencer howard The thing with Spencer Howard is the Phillies already said they want to limit his innings. And whether you agree with that or not, it is what it is. We saw what happened to Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, how Gabe Kapler ruined his career. I can go on a whole 30-minute PowerPoint presentation on that (laughs) one. but um, Spencer Howard is a starter. Sir Anthony was a starter turned into a reliever. I don't know if they're trying to do that with Spencer. It seems like long-term they still want him as a starter, but I don't know how you treat Spencer Howard. And I'm happy I'm not the one making this decision. There's no doubt in my mind that he could be our four or five. Um, Is it a little risky in terms of injury-wise? Maybe. I mean, he hasn't had to do anything like that in his life. I mean, you're asking the guy to pitch a 162 season compared to what he was doing in the minors, which I don't even think he was doing half that. Could be wrong. But he's ready. I think he pitched two or or three innings. I think it was two innings with like four or five Ks. They weren't touching him. The Giants weren't touching him. He had 97 with a great slider and changeup. It's the best he's looked since last season. Without a doubt, the best season loss. Um, on top of that, we have Rangers Suarez, wherever the heck Rangers Suarez is, to possibly start some games. And then we have Adonis Medina. Why Adonis Medina is not getting shots, I don't know. There must be something I don't know about Medina. He used to be a top prospect for us. They called him up in the shortened season. Didn't do terrible in his first start. He kept us in the game. Um, And I'm still kind of a little high on him. I'm surprised that Phillies aren't high. On him. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him again this season. But those are your options next to Matt Moore. So you got those three guys. You got Matt Moore. Then you got a bunch of pilot of Crap, which is Vince Velasquez. So we could talk about Vince, right? It hasn't officially been announced, I don't think, but it's like a 99% chance that Vince will start Friday for the Rockies. Um, yeah, just be prepared to lose. That's all I can say. Um, I want to talk about That a little bit later, we'll talk about what's coming up for them, but just be prepared to lose. And as far as the home stands concerned, those last six games against the Cardinals and the Gabe Kaplers, that's all I got to say, not good. And that brings us to the road trip before that, which is not good to even worse. Um, I think we'll just briefly talk about this. I I mean, it was so – Long ago, it feels like a year ago, honestly, of how dreadful all those games were. But you lose five of the six games you played on the road, and that the one Braves. win
0: that one win was pure, pure luck with the Alec Bone play, right? Where he obviously didn't touch on play. Uh, I'll oh no, first. big
1: toe bone, he
0: touched it, <laughs> big
1: toe bone.
0: I'll be the. I mean, I'll admit that he didn't touch it. He can I go mean, with no, yeah, he appreciate. didn't touch it.
1: <laughs> I mean, umpires
0: gave us an, a blessing that evening, and that was our only win of the homestand.
1: Yeah, it was a lucky win, but I mean, if you're gonna lose five of the six, you're gonna need some luck to get one win. That's whatever, true. whatever. And getting um, swept
0: by the Mets in a double. I I don't want to continue thinking about the road trip. I'm just gonna get
1: mad. Well, let's talk about the positives on the road trip. And This even ties into the homestand. Um, Chase Anderson has been what I thought Matt Moore was going to be, which is a 4 year a guy, maybe a high three, if we're lucky. And he's been just that, if not even a little better. Will he continue with that through the 162-game season? I don't know. Time will tell. But as far as Chase Anderson is concerned, if Chase Anderson is what he is and we get a legit four, not Matt Moore, um I will dare say we have the best rotation in baseball, but um, honestly, I was going to say we can talk about that later, but we can talk about that now. The Phillies have a legit ace in Aaron I'm sick of hearing that talk about Aaron isn't a quote-unquote ace because, for whatever reason, he doesn't have the nastiest movement when it comes to his breaking pitches. Um, he doesn't throw 97-plus. But what he does is he has a two-seam that can run in on you. He has a solid changeup that can run away from you. And he has a solid breaking ball, which is his curveball, to add on to that. And when he has his command, his fastball command especially, his breaking pitches become five times more deadly. And that's what we saw against the Cardinals, where he threw like one five pitches, one ten pitches. Um, he gets a complete game shutout. I don't remember how many Ks he had but he had a good amount. And in my opinion, that is the best game of Aaron O's career. Yeah. Um, and I say that knowing, you know, pretty well. I remember that game he had against Boston a couple of years back where he looked like an animal. I remember that game against the Rockies where he had 13 Ks or something in the first four innings. I think that game is up there with that. This is at least a top three Aaron O's. start. And then we have Zach Wheeler and Zach Eflin to follow. Zach Wheeler, we can talk about Zach Wheeler a little bit. He's been a little shaky, but Zach Eflin has been um, what we thought breakout that a season was going to look like. This is a legit three um, and would be a two on most staffs. Uh, Paul, you got anything you want to add to that? I think you said everything. We have a,
0: a good rotation if you take out Matt Moore. Yeah. Honestly, I don't understand. Could we run Anderson at the four and more at the five? Or do we want more at the four due to him being a lefty?
1: I mean, when it comes to the fours and fives, I mean, that's literally whoever has the ball that day, it's whoever's ready to throw. Um, That's just how we set up the rotation at the beginning of the season. Come All Star break, I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Anderson and Matt Moore aren't even there, ro- excuse me, the rotation anymore. Definitely Matt Moore won't be. I don't think we'll see Matt Moore in uh in a week but we'll see Matt Moore in the bullpen season maybe it could be okay. Um Eflin like I said nasty. He's a yeah. number 2 um playing for a team where he's the number 3. So that just goes to show how good the 1 through 3 is for the Phillies. Now we could talk about Wheeler. Uh last game I think he gave up 5 through 6 or 7 last he, night or a couple nights ago against the Giants.
0: I think it was last night because.
1: Yeah, last scored, night.
0: Then. And then yeah. Connor Brogdon. Ooh. That's, I don't, Brogdon. that's that. We well, you know what happened with Brogdon there, but. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't blame Wheeler for that performance to an extent. If he pitched with a good manager behind him, he would have won five or six, only given up two or three. Yeah. He was out there for way too long. Uh, there's no excuse for that. The whole idea of, oh, I got to conserve this bullpen because we're, we don't have so-and-so's bull. You called up two guys every night to replace those guys. You had Damon Jones in there you, again. You had Spencer Howard, who looked absolutely incredible that time you had him. And then why is he not being used more? Up for debate, but it's questionable. One
0: Regarding the bullpen, there's one name that I want to bring up. That's been a surprise to me. It's year. It's, it's a, a name no. I never thought I'd say. It's David Hale. He's.
1: Oh. I didn't think you'd go there. That was a curveball. Okay.
0: Um, I personally think we all remember my remark from the opening day podcast. I why the hell is he still on the roster? But um, in my opinion, he's looked decent, if not good. The I mean, his first was bad, but his last outings, he I don't know if he's allowed to hit. In his last two outings. I know his last outing, he went two and two thirds. Allowed no hits. No walks. Th- two or three strikeouts. Which, it's a surprise. But hopefully he continues it's David Howell. So, I'm not going to throw any things at the butt. Also, Naris has impressed me.
1: Yeah. Like um, the actor we he, wanted. Yeah, he looked good tonight. Um... I know. I've always been a Hector believer. I don't think he's a closer, but he's the best closer we have at the moment. So, is what it is. Yeah, I did not expect you to throw in David Hale. I thought you were going to say Sam Coonrod um, uh, because Sam Coonrod has been nasty. you Sammy
0: Coonrod. Yeah, I've been I've been hyping him up in our group chat that we have a lot.
1: Yeah, the Sam Coonrod ed- has been
0: great. the bullpen additions that. David D has made is besides Kinsler had her a little bit. Kinsler has been good. He had a decent start. He's been getting roughed up a little bit lately. But uh, the bullpen additions that Dombrowski's made have been good, in my opinion. Like, it sucks that Archie got hurt and uh, Jose's on the COVID list, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so Phillies for Archie Bradley to get hurt when he has been on the IL his whole career, comes to Philadelphia. He's going to be out for like maybe two more weeks. Sucks. It's such what's a Philly with, thing.
0: What's with the Phillies and signing big bullpen names and then getting hurt? You had Dave Robertson, was it two years ago? Yep. The next big, that was like our, that was our big offseason where everything was going to be right. And then Robertson came in and pooped the bed, was out for a year. And now he's, I don't even know where what homie's doing right now, but
1: he's sitting on his couch baseball that's what he's doing um yeah that covers the bullpen um personally I think Brandon Kinsler is just not that good and I think he showed it tonight but I think he is what he is will have a four year and that's fine
0: um he's not he's not a main piece in the bullpen
1: no he's not a main piece um he's a guy who can give you two innings um when you're down by three or up by three okay last thing I want to talk about is my Hoskin takes before we go? We go to what's coming up next with these Phillies because I got some Hoskin takes for you. And they're, and they're a little spicy. So are you ready, Ooh, Paul? Spicy takes. Okay. Um where do I even begin? So Hoskins has had such a weird year. We'll have two games where we're like, oh, he's back. And then we'll have two games where we're like, oh no, he's not back. I mean, just for example. Tonight, he looked like absolute garbage, striking out on three pitches with the bases loaded. And then the night before, it was meaningless. He just hits an absolute bomb in the ninth. So it seems like the approach for Hoskin this year is hit more, walk less, which I'm fine with, but if it works. So far, it showed signs of working when he was batting like 270. But now I believe, Paul, if you want to check this, um, he might be batting like 240,
0: 230.
1: Um, one second. Hoskins is batting 239. 239. Now, this is a long build up to my take here. Hoskins is, is a career 239 hitter, probably. He's a career 240, 250 hitter. And that's what he'll be when he's at his best and when he's walking basically what I'm getting at here is Hoskins right now is trying to bat 270 and 280, hit 30 home runs, but have an on-base percentage of 300, 310. That's the approach he's taking. So Right now he's batting 240, but his on-base is only like 270, 280. His, um, uh, oh, his on-base percentage, his OBP, is definitely, it's way down. It's way down from what he ever was doing. And The problem here is the thing with Hoskins is when he walks, everyone wants him to hit. And when he hits, everyone wants him to walk. That's what it seems. like. Me personally, I want him to stick to his walk approach. I would rather have Reese Hoskins bat 230 with a 350 on base percentage with 30 home runs than him bat 270 with a 300 on base percentage and hit 30 home runs. One is, you know, looks a little better, but one is the money ball approach is actually way better. Hoskins is striking out more and he's walking less and he's kind of hitting more, but not really. If this approach starts to work, then sure, whatever. But if you're gonna be in the two-hole, you're not in the two-hole to you know, you're still a setup guy. You're you're in the two-hole to get on base here. And if you're not gonna be a consistent hitter, then what's up with this change of approach? Now we can say that Joe Dylan and all these hitting instructors kind of failed him with this walking approach, but I mean, it was working. There's nothing wrong with Reese Hoskins batting 240 with the 300, 350, 380 on base percentage and hit some bombs. I'm on board with that. What I don't want to see is him bat 270 with a low on base percentage and hit the same amount of homers. It's not as good. It's not. Batting average is kind of useless, in my opinion. All oh, about your on-base percentage, your ex-bowl, but now your exit V-low. That's what all the nerds freaking like, like me. And this Reese Hoskins situation, I think he's been failed. I'm going to be honest. This season is the most important season for Reese Hoskins in terms of Philadelphia. Because if he doesn't figure it out this season, there is zero reason for him to be back next season. I know he's still under team control, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's packaged for a piece or two. If Reese Hoskins doesn't figure it out, I don't want to see him next year. I'm a big Reese fan. I have his jersey, but honestly, it feels like at this point, if he can't figure it out here, he'll figure it out somewhere else. Um, and I think he's kind of a product of the failed system that the Phillies set up for him and far as as far as hitting approaches go, it feels like he has a total new approach this year, which I think many people on the outside looking in Phillies fans say that's good he sucks but no if you actually look at his career numbers he's been actually pretty good his on base is always high he always hits bombs but his average is low that's fine he, we already know he's a streaky hitter he'll go a week hitting seven home runs he'll go the next week you know batting 100 it is what he is but I don't know. I'm very concerned with Hoskins. If my level of concern with Bohm is a six or a seven, my concern with Hoskins is honestly at a ten. Cause I mean, you could just miss a home run every now and again, but you're just missing a home run and you're still striking out five times, you know, every two games. Not good. Um, I'm gonna stop now before I go thirty more minutes talk about Reese Hoskins. But that's my Reese Hoskins take. We could, Overall, uh... I just want him walking more than hitting more. Because he's not a singles double guy. He's a walker home run guy. He's Joey Gallo. He's a right-handed Joey Gallo at his best. That's what he is. So. We'll do a, um,
0: we'll plan a Reese Hoskins episode for you, Christian.
1: Oof. God, that was a lot to say. Rice, Reese Hoskins is the right-handed Joey Gallo. Let him be the right-handed Joey Gallo. Stop trying to make him Jose Abreu. I don't even know. Stop trying to make him when he's not. Yeah, Uh, he's he's a home runner walk guy. So that is all I got to say on that. Um, Paul, if you have any more comments about Phillies in general, um, I just want to talk about after that. What's coming up next for them? If you got any more takes here.
0: We can move on to the next couple series.
1: Definitely. So what's coming up for the Phillies here is you got three at Colorado and then four at St. Louis. Colorado is scary, man. I don't know, Paul, if you don't mind um, pulling up the pitching matchups you got set up for those days. If they're out yet, I'm not sure. But got you. Um, yeah. I know Friday, Friday we have Vince
0: Velasquez officially against Jermaine Marquez. Oh, so that's a loss.
1: So they're just throwing the
0: towel in. Saturday we have Aaron Nola against Sensatella. Sorry, I don't know his first name. And Sunday, we have Chase Anderson against John Gray.
1: So, that's looking like a quick uh, – we lose two out of three. Um, if you can win, you know, that Vince Velasquez game somehow or that Chase Anderson game somehow uh, to W. The thing about NOLA is I swear NOLA never does does too great at cores. The Phillies in general never do good at cores, except for that, you know, legendary Ryan Howard at bat. Um since then, we have not done anything at course field, and course field does kind of scare me. But this does bring me back. We're going to circle this back to the beginning here of that earlier take of benching players like Cutch and Boom. Um, this was going to be my second hot take. I, I do believe Cutch and Bone should be benched for some time, just some time off, figure some things out. But I would honestly, I wouldn't bench a player who's struggling when you're going to course field. I would give them this Coors Field run here. I would literally start Cutch. I don't care what they do. And boom every game with these three-game series. Because Coors Field is a perfect opportunity with the elevation there for them to see if they can figure it out, you know, string some hits together. And if they don't, then just bench them for the Car- uh, the Cardinals series. But um, it's a great – it's the best hitter's park in terms of um, the ball flies out there. Yeah, I think it's it's a good field for them to get their confidence back up, you know. So, honestly, start them because i, I have a feeling they might be benched. But hey. it's a
0: shame that the Phillies can't play at Coors Field. It's such a beautiful ballpark, in my opinion. And Lee, I if you're done, are you are you good regarding that? Because I got <laughs> keep I going, got, keep going. No, no, no. I got something that's nothing
1: related to the Phillies okay oh I love that as well um I'll just wrap that up by saying then we got the fort st. Louis um I know we just took two or three from them but st. Louis I can tell you is a different team at home though I will say the Phillies are usually pretty good against st. Louis when they're away uh, at least in the past uh, year or two um all I can think about is that Bryce Harper grand slam that he hit a couple years ago against them. I do remember that. I do remember that. It's in the back of my back of my head here. Um that should be an interesting series. Um and after losing five of six on the road and going 500 on the road, this next excuse me, this next seven game series. You have to win one of these series, and you have to split one. So you can only split the St. Louis one because it's the State of Colorado. Basically, you have to at least win one series. You you have to, and then the I other was, one you don't win, you have to, you know, come out on top of at least one or two games. So that's what you got to do. I was saying
0: that you need. I was thinking that you need to win five out of seven. That I know it's high expectations, but right now we're a ninety-nine ball club. You win five out of seven, you're 14 and 11. And oh, yeah. this division is not good, like like usual. So that could very well put you in first place, considering I think we're in a tie for first place if the Mets lose tonight, which is incredible. But yeah, I think you need to win five out of seven these next seven games.
1: No, definitely. Um, it's easier said than done, don't get me wrong, but it's, yeah. it has to happen. It, it just has to. You guys built yourself a hole, and now you're going to have to dig yourself out of it. You got to bear down. You got this off day coming up. Just bear down. And, um yeah, just got to come up on top these next two series.
0: Yeah, but if that's – is that good for wrapping up for the Phillies, Christian? Yes, sir. The one I, thing uh, I want to – the one thing I wanted to say – you got me thinking when we talk about Coors Field and how the ball flies. You got me thinking about the Home Run Derby because the All Star Game, All Star Game did get moved there from Atlanta. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm just excited for the Home Run Derby. That, that's that's all I wanted to say.
1: Yes, the Home Run Derby will be at Coors Field. fly. Yeah, I
0: feel like uh, if you, I feel like all you have to do is tap the ball there,
1: and it's going 460. Yeah. Um. The also game, or especially the home derby, as you said, it will be probably a very long home run derby with these batters just going yard every freaking time they hit the ball. But we'll see. Yeah, but
0: if you're still listening, thank you all for listening to Broad Street Podcast. Um, please remember to like, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. But, yeah, thank you all for the support. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, everyone.